Hello and welcome back to the Truth in Coaching podcast. I am here in the gym with Christina today. How's it going? Yeah, and we're going to get into some fun stories. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a fireside chat. But first, I hope that you enjoyed last week's take on our particular brand of kettlebell nerdiness. Um, I really can't help but talk too much when I talk about that stuff. Well, it's such a huge part of who we are at this gym. It is. For kettlebell, but also like, it's one of the ones where people can get entry-level fitness but still work super hard and develop a skill that not a whole lot of people have. And it's really exciting. Well, and, and the movements are complex. Yes. Right, which is great for a beginner, um, challenging for a beginner. Mm-hmm. But it's gotten to the point where I kind of enjoy seeing people's eyes glaze over <laughs> as we talk about it. So, you know, I'm not uh, insensitive to that. You know, you guys as listeners might be... Um, struggling with that. But anyways, because we were digging into the archives, I did not get you speech of the week and I wanted to cover it from last week because it ties in so well to the previous one. Uh, The previous one being, um, what was it? Stop being your own worst enemy Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, your inner dialogue, improve your, improve your self-talk. So, you know, it's difficult to tell somebody to stop something without giving them something to do. Exactly. Right? This, this is something that is a is pretty common theme. You'll see it in, you know, different places. But, um, but if I give you just a, a negative, i.e. don't, and you can't replace it with a positive, yes. i.e. do, you're basically doomed to repeat a negative or to replace a negative with the worst negative. Exactly. Right? So, um, so this... Speech of the week was winner's mindset, and it's easy to, to you know say have a winner's mindset right without having some specific things. But there's a pretty cool uh, poster we have hanging up in the gym. Actually, one of our clients eventually liked it so much as a Christmas present, she bought it on a like um, three foot by three foot steel plate, which is awesome. It's laser engraved. But this is the Champions Creed, which uh, was written by an American Olympian, a luge man, a lugeist. Do they call them that? Hoosier? (laughs) 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 Okay. Um, Anyways, I'm going to read it to you, and then I'm going to tell you what part of it really I dig into more often than not. So the Champions Creed, I am a champion. I believe in myself. I have the will to win. I set high goals for myself. I surround myself with winners. I am cool, positive, and confident. I am willing to pay the price of success. I love the struggle and the competition. I am relaxed and in control at all times. I focus all my energy on the job at hand. I take responsibility for all of my results. I have the courage to endure and persist. I vividly imagine what victory will feel like I am a champion and I will win. That covers a lot of situations and it covers the whole from getting up in the morning to getting to your workout or to your practice, to getting to your job, Mm -hmm. to working through and with unpleasant people or through and with unpleasant situations to self-control to 
decompressing yeah. <laughs> to evaluating yourself mm -hmm. to going through cycles of doubt and uncertainty. Right? There's a lot that's covered in there. Exactly. Um, the one that I find myself coming back to more often than not is um, I love the struggle and the competition. Mm -hmm. And I say that to myself at the suckiest part yeah. of a workout, mm -hmm. right? Or the, the suckiest part of a maybe a phase of tasks that I have to do that's dragging out for a couple weeks. Yeah. If you can pull that up, my goodness, that is, that is a paradigm shifter. It is, for sure. I think, too, embracing the struggle and competition are sometimes almost two different things. Mm. It's like, I can embrace competition sometimes and really hate the struggle part. But like sure. if you come into it with that mindset, and sometimes you have to say it to yourself until you believe it. Mm-hmm. Or say it to yourself until, like, it clicks or it becomes, like, um, part of your inner script. Um, because sometimes you may, you may start off not liking the struggle. But if you can say that to yourself enough, then it becomes part of the inner script. And then you have a totally different mindset, which is what the winner's mindset is all about. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people, um, I heard another coach, performance coach, talking about this recently, was saying that something that separates successful people or fit people from people that just see it as a chore is when they're doing the event, it's the doing that gives them the thrill, mm -hmm. not the attaining the prize yeah. or, or even like the runner's high afterwards. Right. It's, it's like actually going through the challenge and you could think, you know, whatever is popular, tough mutter, mm -hmm. you know, whatever <clears throat> competition you find yourself in. Um, I do encourage people to seek sport. Uh, what, what in this Christina, do you find yourself going back to? I think probably the one that I always go back to is that I take responsibility for my results okay. because that, that I feel like is one of the easiest ones to kind of pawn off. And we kind of talked about it mm -hmm. in the blog post, which you can find on our website. Um, but in the blog post, we talked about like, we look at winners and we're like, well, they, you know, are naturally gifted or they're yeah. X, Y, Z, and they have that special thing. And then we kind of like build ourselves these walls that we can lean against and be like, well, I just, I could win too if I had X, Y, Z. And it's like, that's not the case. And you see that with so many champions who come from like, um, backgrounds where they didn't have a whole lot or they had to like you know train in really less than ideal conditions or fight for their place on a team or you know raise the money or whatever it is like all of these people who then became champions took responsibility they didn't rest on those excuses that they could have had and became a champion and so in the yeah. gym that's one of the most important things or even even like pawning off responsibility on somebody else, like a loved one, yeah. and blaming them for your lack of ability to get something done. Right. And I mean, we can look at, I love to think about, like, for me and you, because you can't see us, but Josh is very tall and I am very short. So, <laughs> like with rowing, rowing is way harder for me, I feel yeah. like, because I'm short. And like, that's just natural. But then, you know taking responsibility for that is like, I can still get better at rowing. Yes. And then I'm not going to have an easier time at some other things like kettlebell. Kettlebell is easier for me because I don't have as long as far to travel. For like right. Kettlebell. But that's not to say that you can't attain high in kettlebells. So. Right. Yeah. You have a, um, you have mechanical advantage at certain aspects of lifting mm -hmm. sports Yeah. and you're mechanically disadvantaged at rowing, but that doesn't mean you can't get better at it. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that it's not an effective tool right. as part of your conditioning. Exactly. So yeah, that's, that's a positive, um, outlook on that. I think that's healthy. So, 
anyways, that was last week's speech of the week. Hopefully you took something out of that. So why we're here today, though, is cold stories. Want to talk about the cold? Uh, it snowed last night, which was know, a perfect day for this conversation. Brilliant, and the uh, the moon was just so lovely. Um, it was a really beautiful night, actually. Yeah, one of those eerie, like the whole world is just bright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a great night for for that. But um, the the immediate direct tie-in for me is there are so many nostalgic connections to struggle. Mm-hmm. and fitness and and taking responsibility for your own your own journey yes. that happened in the cold very much so that it has actually become part of my internal script mm-hmm. and i think that's one of the biggest things that we want to help people build on is when you rewrite your scripts somebody called this mental judo that you know what happened to you how did you feel about what happened to you and then what are you going to do about it? Like those three things impact the trajectory of your future. Right. Right. So you can take something that a lot of people I think would think is unpleasant, which is being exposed to the cold. And you can re-internalize that as something that's positive and achieving and nostalgic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, it can become a big part of how you, how you either progress or how you don't progress. Yes. If you live in a cold climate the cold months are at least three months out of your year, if not more. Mm -hmm. And with the outliers of how weather patterns work out, you're going to have to deal with, you know, the occasional weather event, Yeah. maybe in the autumn or in the spring or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, or frequent weather events, depending on where you live. Well, yeah. (laughs) Are you just going to pawn off, uh, 25% of your potential or more. And if you're not moving forward, chances are you're moving backwards. Exactly. So 25% could be as bad as 50% because now you have to undo all the progress right. that you didn't do. Exactly. So you have, you wasted a whole half a year by just giving in to cold. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and that kind of reminds me of one of the stories that I was thinking of at my Italian professor in college. Her name was Miss Panabianco, which was so funny because that literally translates to white bread. Hmm. Little Miss White Bread, she was so fun. Um, but her, her thing was, she always said, I'm a fair weather runner. I'm a fair weather runner. And like, I feel like 90% of the people who, like, maybe they belong to a gym, maybe they don't. But a lot yep. of people are fair weather exercisers. So, like, the ideal conditions have to be met for them to go exercise. And if those ideal conditions are not met, they're not going to do it. And like you said, we have all the time. You're either going to make progress, but if you stop, and you do nothing, you are not just going to stagnate. That it's, that's, there's not a neutral ground. You are going to regress yes. in fitness. What was her name again? Miss Panamianco. Shannon, if you're listening to this, little Miss White Bread is pain. <laughs> Sounds like a homewrecker. <laughs> right. oh, that's so funny. Inside joke. Sorry, I can't help it. The podcast is small enough right now. Um, <laughs> all right, so... Unknownst to most of our listeners, you've been with me the longest. Yes, which actually is this summer going to be ten years. Ten if you years, hokey smokes. I know. Yeah, no, I I moved back here from California. Speaking mm. of permissive climates for right? doing whatever you want outdoors, that is nice. And uh, started building a clientele base pretty much right away. Yeah. And had to work some other odd jobs and stuff to you know get a house and all that, but. Um, it was you and it was Nathan. 
Mm-hmm. Now, Nathan, he, uh, interesting fellow, him, he's since gone on his own sort of his own way. Right. And part of it was like, he at one point became so fascinated with microweights and like how elite bodybuilders, presumably elite, would like get like gram weights yeah. and stuff like that and like slowly work on their progressive overload. And man, the guy was just like nerding out on it. And I'm like, hey, hey there, pal. How about you take some of that uh, that nerd math and, you know, translate it to practical application? Yeah. Let's like lift some weights. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, uh, I know that you know about the barbell. Yeah. Why don't we know the barbell, right? Um, anyways, that did not hit his motivation hot button. Oh, um, but yeah, so it's it's been almost 10 years. And yeah. I had to start this business in my parents' backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were the days. Man. We had to shore up um, <laughs> like some, some ratty used equipment mm-hmm. and like get some, get some pavers and try to make the space level and try to keep it out of the elements. <laughs> Our first rack was just a couple of concrete blocks. That we could oh, put the yes. Yeah. That wasn't not sketchy at all. Not sketchy at all. And no. then your dad very kindly built us a pull-up bar. Yeah, which was the really pull-up nice. bar was excellent. So anyways, um, yeah, we uh, we kept on keeping on, even in the winter. <laughs> which was so funny. So in, our, in Colorado, like you, it's, I would say, a nice kind of climate. You get a lot, you get ups and downs during the wintertime. It's not like cold the entire three months. Yeah. But you do have significant weather yeah, fairly frequently, I would say, depending on the year. And that year, I felt like we did all the time. It was just snowing all the time. Yeah. And it's not uncommon for Colorado to have snaps of, you know, minus 11 for a week or two. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm pretty sure we did have some minus weather. There was one day I distinctly remember we had we went and it was snowing. So we shoveled off the pavers that we were going to work on. And then we warmed up in the motor room and ran out and dusted off the pull-up bar, did a set, and ran back inside. Yes. <laughs> ran Actual... back inside and tried to stay warm in the mud room. <laughs> well, that was a common tactic, but the straight-up precipitation management, no, that was yeah. a real thing. Um, yeah, that's tough because sometimes if you have to use the right tool for strength training, you have to use it. I tried mm-hmm. to write some body weight friendly, some yeah. like floor space friendly stuff, but sometimes you just you have just to, get to get your work outside. in. So yeah, it was like, all right, <laughs> here's the uh, compression chamber. <laughs> Astronaut, you're about to go out for your pull-ups. <laughs> Open the door, kick him out. And I think like the pull-up bar wasn't the worst one, but the barbell, because there wasn't enough space inside for the barbell. Yep. And so it was just outside and that thing was ice cold. And so yeah. when you're working on grip strength anyway, oh, yeah. like, oh man, that was true. But gloves can enhance your grip strength. Right. One I of the drills, we should do this more often, but uh, kettlebell swings with a cotton garden glove is supposed to add about two kilograms of perceived grip work because that is hardcore yeah that's hard anyways uh nobody froze to anything nathan didn't try to lick the the pull-up bar (laughs) although i wouldn't have put it past him that'd be bad licking a phone pole is bad enough but licking a pull-up bar yeah at the top i think you'd lose your tongue you probably would yeah that's funny (laughs) <laughs> I actually don't. I'm trying to remember. I don't think I could be high enough to <laughs> like, <laughs> be of emergency help in that situation. 
right? Oh my gosh. so funny. Fire hose, number one. Those um, were good times, man. But the thing yeah. I think about, like, all, always when I think about those days, like, they are all good memories. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I don't look back and be like, oh my gosh, that was so horrible. Like, why did we do that? Oh, I look seriously. back and be like, that was awesome. Like, it seriously. Was so um, to this day, there, there are a handful of things that are just powerful memory activators. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have my gray hoodie, my uh, Perform Better 2013. Uh-huh. And um, I have... You know, some of those rusty plates, those things kind of set the mood, but a scoop of creatine mm-hmm. and hot green tea in the morning feel like Christmas to me. That's so funny. And I don't know why. I mean, obviously memory activations, you know, the the, uh, the nostalgia of trying to forge my own fitness business mm-hmm. around the holidays in the cold, yeah. working outside. Um, but yeah, sh- shovel a scoop of creatine in your mouth, that wonderful white powder, and uh, <laughs> chase it with some hot green tea and go lift some rusty weights in the cold. Yeah, man. Man, That's Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> that kind of reminds me, though, of my, like my all-time, and this one is one that I'm like... That was awful. But the <laughs> we typically will do a 12 days of Christmas parfait. Yes. Before, either right before or right after we go on um, active recovery for the holidays. And we did one year where it was like, I what was it? It was, it was probably in the negatives, I feel like. Oh, I don't think so. It was it probably was 20. Anyway, it was below freezing. And we had running around the, our building was one of the things in the parfait it was number one yeah and just like that on paper we both looked at it and we're like yeah that's fine we should be able to get this done in like 45 minutes (laughs) and then we started doing it we're like this sucks so bad yes (laughs) the con because the uh the partridge in a pear tree was a lap around the building yeah so for the parfait christmas workout like you have to do that for round one and then you do whatever is two reps and that yeah, again and then your three reps and then your two and then that again and the they'll run around the building which um it's actually it's like a tenth of a mile or something, something like the building's fairly long yeah it's not it doesn't seem bad when you're doing it but um which is why it seemed like such a good idea at the time. But when you start doing that, like the constant contrast between the hot and Mm -hmm. the cold, oh my gosh, everybody was hacking up a lung. My lungs were burning so bad. And I think, if I remember correctly, you and I were the only ones who finished that parfait. And it took you over an hour. Mm -hmm. And it took me like 75 minutes or something like that. We were like, that was so bad. It was a bad idea. (laughs) But good memory too. Good memory Um, too. Is that the one that we made everybody sing five power cleans yep. prior to starting their yes. power cleans? Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's such a good Yes. Thing. Five power cleans. Um, we had to do it quite loudly. It was there, there was a reward for that, right? Or was the reward just a not punishment? Maybe the reward was a not punishment. Okay. Maybe spare you one lap around the building or something. Something like that. Something like that. I don't know. Anyways, uh, word on the street is that this workout is hitting probably on the 22nd. Woo! So really right there before uh, the heavy-duty Christmas weekend. Yeah. Um, what should 12 be? What should 12 be? I want 1,200-meter row 
but there's not enough. There's really not, not enough rowing machines. No. I don't care how annoyed people would be at that, but it's not good geometry. It's not. I feel like maybe like 12 lengths of curls or something like that. Oh, yes. That would be pretty rough. Because then we got plenty of space for that. No, I like that. <laughs> um, I like that a lot. Uh, so it's not as bad as one year. What was it? Oh no, you hadn't written it that way, but we misread the instructions because you were with the Marines that day, and we ended up doubling the workout and did something like thirty-five lengths of crawls. Oh yeah, brutal. <laughs> I heard about that one. I heard I got an earful from several people about that one. That wasn't which a is cold good. Story. That was just a funny. One. That was not a cold story. Okay, so so cold best practices though. Talking about running outside. Yeah. Um, there's a. A, uh, a balance to be struck between being mentally tough and getting a good workout in. Yeah. Now, if, if you're not a habitually fit person who can run really well, I say put all of your, you know, uh, experience points into just getting good at running. Yeah. And to that extent, like wear whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But for my military prep athletes, the guys that are like getting ready for a service test yep. or like they're actually going to try to go into an academy or they're just going to boot camp, whatever. Um, I have some temperature rules. Now these aren't like the most hardcore in the world, but I think they're common sense. So if it's above 40 degrees, just run in shorts and a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, come on. Like you're going to warm up just fine. You don't need a beanie on your head. Um, if we get into that uh, below 40, but above freezing, I think a light top is okay. Mm -hmm. Keep the shorts. Like you're going to overheat. Your legs are doing most of the work anyways. Um, don't wear a beanie. Just like let the breeze go through your hair. But a light top is probably going to be okay because depending on moisture and depending on wind and depending on mm -hmm. sunlight and all that sort of stuff, you know, sometimes 38 degrees can feel bitterly cold and sometimes yeah. 33 degrees can be pretty warm. Yeah. And that I think depends on like atmospheric conditions, but also wind conditions, which are one of the yeah. harder ones, I think. But the, like you were saying, you have to take into consideration that you are going to warm up. And so like you may be mm -hmm. cold when you start, you are not going to stay cold and you are going to be hating life by the end of it if you are like bundled up. In a oh, yeah. One of my guys was like, why? Why do we have to do this? I was like, harden up because right? that's why. Yeah. Right. And he's like, oh, very well. <laughs> right. Um, when we get below freezing, I think it's okay to put that beanie on mm -hmm. and really down into mid twenties somewhere. I'm not going to give you a hard rule on this. I still think you can do that light top. I think you can wear that beanie. Maybe we start talking gloves or something like mm -hmm. that. We start getting into the low twenties and the teens, go ahead and put those pants on. Right. Uh, maybe we do a sub layer below that. I think if you go below 10 degrees, I don't see a lot of value to getting out there and doing yeah. a run. Uh, chances are if it's below 10 degrees, there are some other environmental factors like really, really slick roads. Yes. You don't want to like have a knee injury or an ankle injury right. if you're two miles from home on a day where nobody else is outside and it's freezing. Right. Now, it's not as dangerous as some of those Russian towns, uh -huh. like where if your car breaks down a mile from home, you might die. Right. <laughs> you right. know, because it's like negative 30 or whatever. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, don't expose your skin to unnecessary danger. Right. But if you're out there trying to improve your mental toughness because you're getting ready for the military, you do not need to be bundled up. 
No, and I would say even if you're not getting ready for the military, like if you're really concerned about it, make sure you do a really good warm up so that you're warm by the time you get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, if you're going to go running outside, even if it's chilly, you are going to get warm. Like you are. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're prepping for military or whatever. And you may That's need true. to toughen up a little bit. And like there were some May Madnesses where we did, um, had our mile a day challenge. And like May in Colorado is such a fun time because it's completely unpredictable. It may be hot. It may be cold. Yes. You just never know. And so during one of my miles, it started to sleet and was blowing like so bad. Nice. And like, you know, at that point I did have on a windbreaker. So I just pulled it up on the side of the face where the sleet was blowing into and you just finish your mile. But there are ways to get it done. And that day I probably wasn't going as fast because again, Mm-hmm. Sleeting, it's slick. You don't want mm-hmm. to slip and fall, but you can still get a lot of work done in that condition. No doubt. Yeah. The, uh, the thing about having a functioning civilization mm-hmm. is that for the most part, if you overheat and you soak through your stuff, you can come back home and yeah. change into something dry. But if you're going to do any sort of field work, yes. like you don't want to not only overheat and maybe cause yourself a heat injury at 20 degrees, which is a hundred percent possible. Right. Right. But you also don't want to soak through your warming layers right. that you're going to need. You're going to want to take that wet t-shirt off and put on your dry fleece. Mm-hmm. So that's a strategy that's important. But anyways, we're getting a little off topic. That's a little more, uh, kind of specific interest. Um, one of my favorite cold stories is playing rugby in a blizzard. Now, the previous weekend, I had just earned my first start in the Pacific Rugby Premiership. Uh I'd been on a bunch of rosters. I was on the travel squad. This is great. This is like the top league in the nation at the time. Uh And uh, I do do not pretend to be (laughs) like a top-level rugby player, but I was grinding, right? Yeah, man. And uh, I think you saw the game. I think Um, I was there. This would have been San Francisco Golden Gate. They came and played in Denver um, at the Infinity Park and uh, had a good game, did well enough that I was on the roster for the next game. Well, Mm -hmm. this was going to be Olympic Club, also from San Francisco. They were going to come out, but the flight was canceled because of blizzards right so whatever i get uh my start gets relegated to the second team who cares yeah. like you want to play it's rugby it's great you know get out there and all that good stuff and um and i you know against a local club with the second team just missed like probably a tackle where i should have just annihilated the guy mm-hmm I didn't miss it, but I didn't annihilate him. Uh And it was right on the sideline, right by the coach. Uh And I felt like such an idiot. Right. right? So I'm like, okay, this next one, I'm just going to light him up no matter what. Opportunity comes for the tackle. And this guy, I thought I put my shoulder on his hips. But in fact, somehow he put either his knee or his elbow on my eye. Oh, no. And all I remember is just like launching into a violent tackle and then thud <laughs> and then like the the proverbial like and then all of a sudden a cold like 25 degree day with a blizzard yeah. turned very very warm, warm and my world everything. my world was black oh, geez, dude. and my world was warm <laughs> and i was just snuggled up on the turf with the snow oh dear and the next thing i know um the trainer is like helping me limp off and it's still very warm and also the world is spinning almost like i'm on a ship oh dear let me back in 
not got this. Why is it so warm? Like, hope you do not get it's this. It's so warm, right? Right. I take issue with this particular trainer uh, because she did like a whole lot of playing favorites. Uh-huh. And uh, like whoever, she was not cute, okay? Mm-hmm. But like whoever she thought was cute got extra treatment and whoever okay. was like on her bad list did not. Um, this trainer would not give meds at the end of a game, which makes sense. Yeah. Like in case you have a brain bleeding injury, you yeah, do not want to sure. thin the blood. Right. Okay. I am probably the number one person she should have looked out for right. that day. Uh, within two hours, I'm at the bar drinking with everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like... Wow. Oh man, that's a great black eye that you got. Oh yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Did you drive home that day? Uh, I think <laughs> Sam was with me. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, she probably should have been looking out for me better too. But like, <laughs> it was new. We'd been married for like a year. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, amazing how um, how like cold can just turn to to warm, and that's Lord. that's actually dangerous. Like, this is it's hilarious. So dangerous. This is hilarious, but like, you're around a lot of people. Yeah. And they're able to pull you out and make sure you don't go hypothermic. Yeah. This happens <laughs> to a lot of people, like, if you do have a trauma, and that's where, like, you do have to be careful running in those slicker conditions, because you may have yep. trauma, you may feel great for a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then you may feel really not great. And, like, right. you, if you're not close enough to people, that could be dangerous. Oh, no doubt. Um, yeah, so many, so many cold practices. I think that people that are... Indoor athletes mm-hmm. or non-athletes do not have that exposure to this kind of uh, mental toughness side of things. And granted, football and rugby mm-hmm. to a lesser extent soccer, but these outdoor team sports that right. uh, require not only like aggressive physical interactions with mm-hmm. each other, but like also with the elements. Mm-hmm. There's just something about that that's there's something special about it. It is. A lot of people want to knock violent sports and a lot of people want to like tear down American football right now mm-hmm. because of like concussions or whatever. Like, okay, I get it. Like I want my kids to be safe too, Yeah. but I'm going to let my kid play football. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be a good parent coach. I'll be a good advocate and I'll make Absolutely. sure that they're not, you know, starting him on the varsity if he's a 120 pound freshman. Right. Right. But like, it's important for men to be men mm-hmm. and it's important for people to get out there and yeah. use their bodies. And with that, we accept a little bit of risk. Yes. I don't want to live in a padded world. No, and I think that part of that is just because our culture is so inside anymore. Yeah. Like it didn't used to be, right? Like when my grandfather was growing up, he was a farmer. And so in in the middle of Iowa, right? So Iowa winters are terrible. Yeah. But if you don't get out and milk the cows... One, you don't make money, you don't, and the cows may die. Like, you know, so it's like, you you don't have the choice. You get out and you do this stuff. It doesn't matter if it's blowing and it's crazy and it's cold. You got to do your work. And so now we have so much where we're like so far removed from that kind of the agriculture or any part of that, that we're in office buildings, we're in our car, or we're in our homes. And that's it. Yeah. Now, like, thank God that we can play sports and if we get a broken leg... We can go get it fixed. Yes. Like playing football is not the dangerous prospect that it was in no. 1640. Right. Right. That was maybe a, maybe we shouldn't do this guys. Right. But it's not the same right now. Um, it's not. Interesting talking about your grandpa there. Like 
getting out to milk the cows to make a small farmer's margin mm -hmm. versus the risk of losing an asset. Right, Right. Yeah. It's almost like the reward side of that is small and the stick side of it is enormous. Yes. Right? That's yeah. crazy. Wow. Amazing how life has changed. It has um, changed. That's nuts. Oh, my goodness. I was not thinking of telling this one, but the cold definitely played into it. Okay. Another rugby story. Um, in university, we went up to play against Wyoming. Uh-huh. Cold day, rainy day, and I sprained my ankle, right? Right. I had a sprain on the other ankle, but this ankle was even more sprained. I think uh -huh. the coldness and kind of the uh, unfamiliarity of working with some of the guys, I got dropped on my ankle and a nasty sprain. Ugh. And we... Um, kind of stabilized it with a brace and everything. But then, because it's college, after that, driving all the way back down to northern Colorado yeah. uh, through Laramie and stuff. And now, because I'm the rookie, I have to carry the keg into the party. Oh, no. <laughs> so I am limping this thing in oh, dear. piece by piece and having a great time. And then finally got home and uh, my other ankle <laughs> that was much better but was mm -hmm. taped needed to untape it because we got a shower and we got to go yeah. to bed and all this stuff and i take this modeling knife that's on my desk oh, and no. i start cutting that on the inside to open it up and you can see what happens yeah it slips and thong, oh. <laughs> right into the bone on the injured oh ankle my God. so <laughs> now i've got black and blue bruising i can barely walk and I have stabbed a knife into the bone. There's a big round bone on oh this ankle. And I'm gosh, like, dude, it's just, just the uh, looking back and remembering this, the feeling of woodiness uh -huh. in that bone is so palpable. Yeah, man. <laughs> and so, of course, I'm like, ah, and what do I do? I ah, yank it out. And what does the blood do? Nothing. And first you're just like, oh. You're like, we're and then, good. Spurts. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, ah! <laughs> like, put some pressure on that. <laughs> Get that thing. Time. And all of a sudden, the sprain feels very, very insignificant. <laughs> for the longest time, I had a scar there. Oh, That's my gosh. So That's like I, the proverbial I, when your dad is like, you're like, hey, this really hurts. And he's like, do you want me to cut your finger off? Like, then you won't think about it, right? Like, yeah. you totally did that. No, exactly. I did totally do that. That's, um, <laughs> that is... Uh, the power of cold. Yeah, man. Just clumsier. Clumsier, and sometimes it does a little bit affect your decision-making. Yes. You're just not thinking. So practice good decision-making. Yeah. At all times, but especially under pressure. That's when you'll get better at making right. good decisions under pressure. And if you're thinking, if you know you're going to be doing workouts, like, do your due diligence and pre-plan some things that are going to yes. be supports that can help you and keep you safe in that. Yes. Now, one of my favorite things to do is um, if people are running tight on warm-up time, mm -hmm. this goes for indoor or outdoor, mm -hmm. but you have a little bit of transit time in a car. Right. Blast the heat. Mm -hmm. Turn your chair warm-up, if you have one, mm -hmm. up to high and get yourself uncomfortable and sweating right your body will be more pliable you'll be mm -hmm. able to get into your warm-up flow a little bit faster right doesn't matter what the environmental temperature is you just want to be like cooking to the point where you're actually sweating in the car right and that will accelerate your warm-up that i think is one of the best winter techniques that yeah. you can do and i have done that a lot 
coming from like because I typically come from school, my day job, mm-hmm. you know, straight here. So it's like you gotta get the ball rolling as quick as yeah. you can, man. So my legs are so long though that even when the the chair on my used SUV is isn't even when it's working properly, my hamstring does not completely get heated oh, up. Oh yeah, well that makes like, sense. Yeah, it's like a it's like a half <laughs> half of it gets heated. <laughs> But Long leg problems, man. Whatever. My whole leg totally gets warm. Yep. Well, anyways, I hope you guys enjoy a uh, a wonderful winter. Don't let the cold stop you. No. Like, find a place to work out indoors. Um, have a couple basic workouts or tools in your pocket to work out from home for that blizzard scenario. You know, hike up and down your stairs for 30 mm-hmm. minutes with a backpack on while listening to your favorite podcast. <laughs> about all the fun you could be having outside if you were hiking (laughs) right and like actually doing cold stuff no whatever um be responsible but get out there and actually live life yes and don't live in a padded room there's a lot of fun to be had outside, especially yeah. in the wintertime. And if you are looking for a place inside, we just happen to have a facility, and we'd love you to come work out with us. Oh, I'm not discounting inside workouts at all. I'm just saying, don't be afraid of the cold. All righty. Speech of the week. Wipe the slate clean. Mm-hmm. A lot of people allow self-criticism and failing to do something perfectly or correctly to hold themselves back. Mm -hmm. If you miss a workout or if you catch yourself in a binge or if you are doing any other bad behavior, catch yourself in the act, stop, and then get back on track Mm -hmm. as soon as possible. Yep. It would be better than to go into a free fall. But you don't need to have a cloud of guilt over your head. It would be better to say, all right, the slate is clean. I'm not playing for perfecties, right? You might have done seven out of 13 planned workouts in a month. Mm -hmm. You might have done 12 out of 13 and that missed one is bothering you. You know what the old saying, practice makes progress. Mm -hmm. Practice also makes permanent. But in this case, I want you to think about practice making progress. Right. Give yourself a clean slate. Say today's a new day. We're going to go after it. Maybe you had a bad meal last time. Clean slate. Next meal. Have a good meal. Maybe you had a bad snack. Clean slate. Next snack. Have a healthy snack. Maybe you had a bad workout. Clean slate. Mentally engage yourself at the earliest possible opportunity and just get after it. You don't need to hold yourself back by uh, being depressed or being self-pitying that turns into additional missed opportunities. And if you find yourself in such a slide, stop, catch yourself in the act, wipe the slate clean, mm-hmm. take the next best good yep. step. Do the next right thing. Absolutely. Yep. Alrighty. We'll see you.